I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Love Letters is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hey, it's Meredith. I am so excited to tell you about today's episode of the podcast. It's a bonus episode that happens to feature two longtime friends, Gareth Reynolds and Jake Johnson. Gareth is a podcaster, a comedian, an actor, an all-around funny person. He happens to be very close friends with Jake Johnson, who you may know as Nick Miller from the hit sitcom New Girl. So Gareth and Jake have known each other for a very long time. And at some point in all friendships, you take your friendship to the next level which is you start a podcast with them. These two have started a podcast called We're Here to Help, which is basically an advice show. People call in with really wacky problems, and Jake and Gareth try to help them figure it out. One episode I listened to featured a man seeking counsel on how to get strong enough to break a watermelon between his thighs. It was riveting. Their show is a lot like them. It's funny, silly, kind of poignant. And one of the things I really like about the show is that they don't pretend to have all the answers. They just have a good time trying to help everyone who calls in. And in the spirit of our upcoming season, which is all about finding help in unexpected places, I was so excited to talk with them about their show, where they find support in their lives, and what it's been like offering advice as non-professionals. That's something I know about a lot. I think you're going to like this one, and I hope it helps you. So I just want to start by saying that my background is in journalism, not in mental health. And there's so much out there that's hitting you in the face about here's what to do. Here's how to make your life better. And I wanted you to talk about what started the idea for this and and your vision for the tone of it. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, we've been friends for a long time and we just kind of always had an an advice-based relationship in some ways. So that was always kind of, you know, there. And then, you know, as I got into podcasts and, you know, I'd spent like the greater part of a decade doing it, I did always think, I was like, Jake would be so perfect for this format because we, we met doing improv. And then I just, you know, really thought through a combination of things, just back to when I first moved to LA, how I would just be driving and I would just tune into some weirdo on the radio who was trying to solve problems. And you would just be engaged. You would just be like, you would enjoy that listening experience. So then that kind of led to to this idea. And then we started talking about the idea. And Jake was a little hesitant because I think, you know, he was like, well, if we're going to do it, we, we want to make sure we do it right and represent ourselves properly. But that was really kind of how it started. And immediately when we started doing it, we were like, oh, this is like a legit good format for us. Well, I think, yeah, and in, ter- in terms of that, in terms of the tone, the big thing for me was it has to be light because I'm a believer in real therapy. I have a therapist. She's great, very talented, 
That's not Gareth and I. So, and a lot of these podcasts now and a lot of the stuff in the space that I hear, it's non-professionals giving advice about like health stuff and being like, let me tell you why a sauna is good. You need to be in there for 170 degrees for three hours. And I read a study out of Finland that means your heart won't explode. And then everyone's like, dude, there was a study out of Finland. I'm like, this all started in bullshit. There was not a center of truth. And so for us coming in, I thought if it could almost feel like a sketch show, and if it was, there was bits between Gareth and I and our producer and our now social media person, everybody who's part of the show, if they could be in it and we could find serialization. And, you know, I grew up listening to Stern. And when I used to drive to New Girl, it was an hour and a half commute each way. And after two seasons, I'd listen to every album I'd ever liked. And then I was bored of music. So once I found Stern, I was like, man, I care as much about Benji as I do Jeremy Renner when he comes on. So I was like, oh, if we can create a thing where we go, the callers, they give it and leave. They're the third member of our show. And now we're friends with them. And that person is the third person in this sketch show. And the whole overall is, it's here to laugh. And hopefully we come up with something. But we're here for laughs. That felt really fun. I, I did have that feeling listening where... Some of the some of the problems obviously are just really funny and they are meant to make you laugh. And then other moments I was like, oh, this is getting kind of accidentally poignant and I'm having a thought, which is a really like that have is you, purely on accident, to be clear. But have you had those moments where you're like, oh, actually, this has made me think about something in my own life. Are, are you having those you, you know moments? what I what what I personally have a lot, and it was something that I had known kind of going in from doing you know enough Q and As and and you know the lot of work air than I do being in front of people and meeting a lot of people is for the most part I find human beings to be very funny and very sweet, and I find people's stories to be really rich and really shockingly like funny. And there's just been a lot of memories as we go through this is that like, we'll be in the middle of a call and Gareth will say something funny. And then the caller will go, oh, wait, there's one more thing. And that thing will be like, oh, that's the gold of the whole call. And we didn't have it without you. So I haven't had moments where I've left and be like, I've really learned about life. But I have reaffirmed a thing that 2020 tried to convince me otherwise. And that is, I like people Ooh. and humans are cool. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely focused on comedy, but we also want to help. I mean, we genuinely do. We genuinely yes, are totally. trying to That's like right. figure this out. The difference between us and a professional is by far, we are just saying what we would do. But Garf, you're dead right that the premise of the show and the truth of it, and Gareth and I both feel that, is we actually want to help. And the person, it's like if you say to your friends in a bar, I'm in this crazy situation. Don't judge me. And they go, what happened? You go, okay, so I bought 45 sheep because I thought it was, I thought they were going to eat the grass. And you go, yeah. like, well, first of all, you're a dumbass. And then yeah. you go, but all right, now we're yeah. in a spot. We you laugh. got 45, yeah. but you got 45 animals in your yard and you go, and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And then you can go like, well, you could sell them. Well, now I'm in love with them. You know, they're my pets. They're my family. Okay. You could get there. You could, you could sell it as wool. And then you start pitching the way you would with friends. And the hope is when you do that, is that the friend goes like, this helped, thanks. And then you get to go like, next up. And that's how we've always hung. Or they go, you know, my original idea seems really good now. And you go, great, <laughs> you guys stick are, with that. You guys are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> right. You bring up a point how this whole thing started because 
there was advice that you were giving to each other and probably to friends. In your friend groups and family groups and community, are you known to give good advice, to be good listeners? Is this a skill set you came in with? Yeah. Well, personally, in our group of friends, we all want to do the same thing when we moved out here. So we all wanted this like one seat at this table in Hollywood. So any advice was good advice. You know, if a friend would say like, we should all put headshots in an envelope and send them to agents. Well, we tried it. So all of that advice was good. What I've learned after being married for, you know, over a decade now is it's not advice my wife likes because she'll tell me a situation and I'll start giving advice and she has told me countless times. She'll go like, I'm not looking for a solution. I'm just looking to tell you and have you say like, I understand. And I think that is right. And so you go like, great. I am always looking for a solution. So if I'm going to tell somebody a problem, I don't want them to say like, oh, that's so hard for you. I know it's hard for me. I'm in it. I want you to say, oh, you didn't sleep last night? Do you do melatonin? I go, yeah, it kind of works. How about Tylenol PM? Eh, not for me. And then just keep pitching me until I go, thanks for the seventh idea. And so this show, we're not here to just say like, that's hard for you. It sounds like a hard relationship. We're just here to pitch. I totally agree. I'm the exact same way. And then I think with life experience, you start going, well, here's what I did when I was in a similar, you know, you, you offer that up. I, I think we're really similar in that way that we're like, well, let's figure it out. You know, even if, and I've had that, I've had that in relationships when, you know, people will just be like, stop solving everything. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> little unsure of my role here, but okay, I'll just If, sit if here I'm not pitching quiet. a solve, what do yeah, I do? And in my head, I'm pitching solves. I go like, just shut up, you idiot. I'm somewhere in the middle, right? Like, I don't want to just be talked at, but I do feel like, okay, doing the advice column, which is, again, purely for entertainment, I have no credentials for this, people will write a problem and I'll be like, well, okay, you sent me 800 words, 10 of which were a kind thing you said about your partner, and the rest were about how much you despise that person. So based on your own framing, I'm going to throw out there that maybe this is not the right partner for you. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, I find that people self-edit. And similarly, your responses to these people are so much about what they've chosen to share. Yeah. Like you you have a good way of helping them unspool what they're getting at, which seems to be somewhere in the middle. Like you're, So Meredith, yeah. you're not afraid to give the uh, hard advice. Oh, no. I'm According to like the commenters, they're like, she's so passive. She's not telling them to do oh, anything. Okay. Interesting. What's okay. she doing? There? I don't want to get the call of like you told me. <laughs> but, but I have noticed that the more specific I get with people saying, how about, I'll be like, how about this? How about this? But I'm never like, do this. Do this. Yeah. Well, well, that's a big line for us. And that wasn't like, it wasn't even a mission statement. It's just real. And that is take the advice if you want it, because we're only with you for 20 minutes. We don't have the full picture. So you have said, I'm willing to come on and experience, do this game with you. And in the end, it's a big point, but you know, I'll always say at the end, but what are you going to do? Because this is the decision you make is yours alone. Well, I think it helps that there's two of us, too, who are comfortable telling the other one they're wrong, you know, because like we'll pitch something and the other person will be like, that's absurd. And and that eliminates it immediately. You know, at least the caller gets to go, oh, yeah, that is bad (laughs) or whatever. You know, we're in like a safe place to just pitch whatever we think. And there's also meeting people where they're at. Like I get a lot of letters where I'm like, okay, you know, personally, maybe I do feel like this person should fully end their relationship, but they are clearly saying, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to sell the sheep. So 
So, okay, so we do the same thing. At times after a call, there's always like a couple minutes transitions where we'll kind of talk and we'll talk to our producer, Kevin, about like trims or what we will kind of like figure out what we thought a thing was. There'll be times afterwards we'll go like, <laughs> they're, in a, they're in a bad situation. And in the call, if you say in terms of a friend, I've had really good friends where I'll be like, you should break up with that person. You're in a bad relationship. And they'll go, so I need help in this situation. I'm in love. We're getting married. But how do I get her to stop doing this? So the advice is not going to be, your life has fallen apart since you met this person. That's not what they want to hear. What they want to hear is, how do I get her to stop doing blank? So that's what we're pitching on. Yeah, we'll try to fill that hole. Yeah, We're not Dr. Phil. We're not going to say like, like, listen to you, you're an idiot. Now we got to go back to the, the ground floor and start rebuilding it. No, 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 Well, no, we no. are in the sense that none of us are doctors. <laughs> <laughs> and we both kind of have mustaches. <laughs> and I'm balding, which is a nightmare. It's a whole nother thing. Another thing, Meredith, balding. What a, what a drag. What a drag. I thought in out there they just magically stop it. Like there's magically like actor things that just. Uh, I'm, Meredith, I'm trying all of them. I'm trying all of them. And then you watch the David Beckham documentary and you go, oh, whatever just, he's doing is right. Well, but then the other is... guy from Team USA, there's another guy. I don't know if you've seen it, but in the fourth episode, there's a guy who's balding. <laughs> I, look, I watched him when he popped on. I went like. There's just, there's no help in it. That's where yeah. I'm going. I'm not going to end up as Beckham with cool tattoos dancing in like some cottage. I'm going to be talking and someone's going to go, that dude from New Girl's hair looks crazy. And I'm going to go, it's a nightmare, guys. I tried all this stuff. All the powders, all the creams. The it's powder. just going. It's going. It's it doesn't want to be here. Many times. My hair, hair. My hair is at a party. It doesn't want to be here. And I'm going like, why not? And it's like, <laughs> we've, been here for, we've been here for 40 years. This, this world isn't for us. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I'm having a real fight. I don't like it anymore. I'm mad at its attitude. I'm like, what haven't I given you? I wash you. I comb you. I've given you great experiences. I, and I will. I think Jake's being hard on himself. I <laughs> you haven't Jake. seen me from behind. You haven't seen me from behind while I'm lower than you. Uh, Jake, I understand <laughs> that you don't want me to solve the problem. You just want yes. me to listen. So <laughs> All right. So what's your that. pitch? What's your pitch? Yeah. Never let someone see you from behind. Walk, That's what enter, I'm doing. enter rooms like Louis the Fourteenth is sitting in front of you all the time, and exit the same way. I do feel like in early 2020 when we were all on Zoom and like my roots were growing out. There was a day that I, for a meeting, I like put a little like like eyeshadow yeah. on my hair, and I was like, no one will ever know. And I'm Those just days were better. Those as far as people looking at you, people were like, you look good. You were like, you don't know what is happening. To yeah. Me. My legs I'm have never been arm. fatter. My legs yeah. have never been fatter. I'm huge. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Before I get into asking you some questions that need solutions, I just want to talk about help in weird places and wondering who you both go to for help to start. I think it has to depend on the type of issue. It's That's got to, at least for me, I compartmentalize everything in my life. So there's like zones for like big real stuff. I'll go to my wife. For career stuff, Gareth is one of the guys I go to, um, but it, it's all like for like family stuff. There are like a few other people I know who have kids. There are certain like moms or dads who we hang out with where I'm like, I like the way they're doing that. So I will say, you know, I just got off the phone with Zoe Dachanel. We, we were talking this morning. She's interested in like a, a version of a film we were talking about. And we were, you know, she's somebody we pick each other's brain a lot. So like you just, you form a whole team of people that you can kind of lean on for certain stuff, I think. Yeah, I kind of feel the same. I mean, I, I, you know, 
I mean, that one of the things that's great about the show as far as like the business strategy is like working with Jake as far as like, you know, Jake's business acumen is like off the charts when it comes to this stuff. But again, I mean, we we're pitching each other on what we should and shouldn't do when it comes to the real world stuff. My brother's 12 years older, which as a kid was a nightmare because I was like, where's my friend going? And he was like, I'm going to go like smoke bongs in a warehouse. But as I've gotten older, like he has been such a I mean, he's just a really smart, experienced dude who just, you know, really has good reads on on life. So especially with my family, like my family's insane. He's got great reads on how to handle certain individuals in our family. But also like, you know, when I was really grinding and struggling in L.A., like my brother had a construction company and I would go work for him six months, a year at a time. And, you know, he just was always constantly there as like a great lifeline. My brother's cool, too, in case he's listening. So He's fine. <laughs> he gives great advice, too. Probably better than Gareth. Uh, go ahead, like, Meredith. Excuse me. That is not... Jake, that's very petty. It's not a competition, but my brother was close. My brother, Meredith, my brother was closer in age, so it was cool. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Meredith. Yeah. Jake, you, you, you fully just turned it into a competition and then said it's not a competition. Oh, just so you know. Meredith, can you please take over? Okay. Yes. I'm going to step in and ask... He's exhausting. Why not? He's exhausting. He's exhausting. <laughs> Bless you, producer. Can I get some advice from you of how to deal with an exhausted... I'm still here, dude. <laughs> okay, media. Some people find help by watching things, listening to things. I think probably a lot of people have found entertainment, relaxation, problem-solving stuff by watching, listening to what you guys do. What do you watch, listen to, to feel better? Well, in terms of real stuff, TV was really my therapist growing up. I loved it. Exact um, same. It was the greatest escape. Somebody funny on my television was the person I loved more than anybody on planet Earth. If I could sit down and somebody could make me laugh and I was nine or 10 and something wasn't going great at home and that could create relief. And we had one TV where my mother always moved around the house because she was a maniac. And so wherever we would all like be sitting on the floor watching that TV, if we were all laughing at cheers... Everything was better for those 30 minutes. And still to this day, you know, if I throw on an episode of the British office and Gervais is on fire and there's just a moment, I don't care what my mood was coming in. It's now in a better one. If somebody can make me laugh and I believe their character and I believe that they're not even a character, that's really them. David Brent is just real. And I can escape into that. That's, I realized in 2020 when everything was going crazy that I'm like, oh, there is value to entertainment. It's obviously overvalued in our society, but it is valuable. And the value is it's just a way to release a little tension. Similarly, like, I, I, it's so true. I mean, like, when I was a kid, that was the same. And I even like, I mean, I used to watch like old Jim Burroughs shows, um, like on reruns and stuff like that. But then, yeah, I mean... You know, I really do that. That to me is I kind of like go back and forth between things that help you escape and then things that maybe inform you and depress you. So like people will be like, like I'll watch documentaries about dark stuff and just be like, oh, God damn it. But I also love Below Deck, you know, so like I definitely will go back. Jake, shut up. I will go back and forth between. <laughs> it's a great show. Shut up, Jake. I, I kind of will go back and forth between that sort of stuff. But you know, a lot of it is that, yeah, I mean, it's just ways to shut your mind down. There's so much 
stuff that you can find depressing. And so I do try to keep up to date on like what's going on and what's happening and the seeds of problems that are ahead. But also, yeah, Captain Sandy's fantastic. She trains people up. If she has a bosun who's not fantastic, she's going to send them to get great. Ex- Shut up, Jake. Great experience. And then they'll come back a season or two later and they'll be ready. They'll have cut their Once teeth on like a bigger below deck. I and Jake, 40 percent of the audience have just checked out. Remember, yeah, you were but- saying before you can make some trims on this. Uh, I would you say when Gareth, when Gareth goes below trim to right now. No, no. Well, why? First of all, why would you keep below in? As an editing question, agreed, agreed. why would you keep below? Then it. it's a mystery. Yeah. Below what? It's a crazy it's a edit mystery. call. Yeah. yeah. Then it's the like, ooh, what happens next? What happened there? Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Meredith. That helped. The <laughs> mystery. More of my conversation with Jake Johnson and Gareth Reynolds after this short break. All right. Are you ready for me to give you some problems? Yes. Okay. The woman whose husband turns 40, they both turn 40, and he looks at her, and they have four children that they basically cannot completely afford. And he says, in order for me to get through midlife and beyond, I need to build a ball pit in our house, not for our children, (laughs) but for me. Uh, And this is what I need to be happy. Uh, and it's going to cost thousands of dollars. I'm going to build it myself. This is the most important thing. Yes, we have to save money for college and all that shit, but this is what's important. How do you, how would you have counseled this person? Well, I know how I would start. Hold on. Before we get into it, we need more information. Uh, Yes. Who emailed the husband or the wife? Well, actually, I reached out to the wife because I know her, and I said, please come on and tell this story. So Okay, so for us it really depends who calls cuz it's the husband. We're here to help him get that ball pit. I will say that she told me about this visiting Boston and she said, "Guess what? My my husband is building a ball pit and I am this is what he wants to do and here's why and this is difficult." And and what what what's her take on it? She was like, "Dude, we have four kids." She had a, her third pregnancy was a surprise and twins. <laughs> She's like, we are middle class people in Maryland and you want to build a ball pit. And she she knew it was going to happen. So she was like, how do I make peace with this? Ooh. Two questions. Do they have space for the ball pit? Yeah. And second. OK. Second question. Thousands of dollars for a ball pit. Is you got to right? build it. Yes. you got to build it out. Yeah. Also, I mean, the, the wood balls, alone. The balls are expensive. Is it when you have? Because think about how oh, many, I know about. There's a lot of inflation with the balls in the, this. Yeah, it's price gouging. But I hear you. It's and you need so many balls. And this guy is over six feet tall. So the, to be fully submerged yeah. in a ball pit, you need a shit ton of balls. I mean, here's what here's what I would go with her. If Oof. I would say, uh, if you're, you know, it's happening. This is his midlife crisis. You know, we all have one. Um, mine is I'm rolling around on a mat doing jujitsu and getting just murdered by younger people. But we all have something that says like, I'm not ready to bald and die just yet. Right. And this is his, um, I am balding. Uh, just like oh, Jake, uh, not again. Hold on. No, Jake, it, there's nothing there. You're wrong. You're seeing the wrong angles, my king. So here's what I would say to her. I would say, you've got four kids. You're in a situation you know it's going to happen. Combine the room and turn it into the ultimate playroom for the kids. If it's really just for him, my thought is, fuck off. You got four kids, my man. Pass. If you turn that in and that's where your TV is, that's where the hangout room is, if that ball pit is also where the- You're talking about a ball cave. 
I'm talking about a ball cave. I'm talking about a place where that's also where the kids do their homework. It's a fun room. You build it aesthetically where it's the playroom, it's the kids' room, it's dad's room. It's the room where she gets to say, hey, honey, go take all four kids in your ball pit while I sit up here and drink my tea, you goofball. You don't get to go alone. You built a kid's play zone. So I would lean into the play zone aspect, and that is dad time with the kids. I would also make him build it himself, and I would have the kids be part of the project. So that's a chore they all do together that she's not part of. We're not paying to do demo, buddy. You're figuring out how to do demo. It's Sorry. a little it's a little field of dreams. I like that. And I it's like a little that field pitch. of dreams. I like that pitch. I'd sign off on that pitch. I would go to satisfy her direct. Okay, surely she has something. She has a thing she wants. She has a need. She has a dream of something. It might not be as crisp and as direct. I think as, hers hey, is, is to not have a ball pit in her house. Well, that's going to be, a, that's unfortunately <laughs> a conflict. But I would say she gets one too. So she, if, if she's allowing him to kind of go figure this out, she gets her version of that. So it's a one, get it closer to a one for one. That would be. Yeah, but opinion. you might enter a world of danger if hers is like, I've always wanted a pony. Then all of a sudden they're a middle class family with a ball pit and a pony. I need to tell you something really weird, which is that when in this episode, when I said, is there something you've always wanted? I believe she said it was a horse. Yeah, because you're right, entering. Now we're talking, little... Hold on, Jake. Now we're talking about a magical land <laughs> where horse. <laughs> and ball pits. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Uh, who are we to say no to this? That's this is. If not for them, it's a good experiment for us to see does this work? And the and answer please is probably follow, not. And please follow up with us, Meredith. What was your advice to them? <laughs> I mean, I just really listened as as we've talked about, but the the extra part of this is that she's a psychologist, so she really did have to get to a place where she's like, well, what does this provide for him? It's, it's, and what did it? What she thought, one, thing? is that he it was something he defined as success as a child. Cool adults yeah, would have yeah, yeah. that. So she Amazing. she was able to find stepbrothers. empathy yeah. for this. Very midlife crisis. Totally, especially. And then the second thing was, she said there is actually some psychology to like feeling submersed. Was like the submersion into the ball pit was calming. She found it suffocating, but she was like, the sensory deprivation, especially with four kids, is giving him something that I can see as therapy. Well, it's isn't it every wife's dream to say, go ask your father he's in his ball pit? <laughs> F- find him, if you can find him. Or the same dream is the kids are all at a sleepover. Want to go in the ball pit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can't. You know, just, there's, there's so many. There's so many losses where you go yeah. like, "Hey, we're alone on a Friday night for the first time in years," and he's like, "Awesome!" and jumps Let's in jump a ball beers. pit. Go ball pit. <laughs> I don't know many women who go like, "My my my, I'm getting all hot and bothered watching a 40 year old man." <laughs> Dive into a ball pit and laugh like a child. Gross. We got to order more balls. Some keep falling out. <laughs> or he just goes like, honey, more balls. <laughs> more balls, honey. Fill oh me in slow-mo. Well, me sex forever is off the table, obviously. Yeah. Are there specific stories, calls that you've received that are very memorable to you that people should find we just did one that was really fun where it was a woman who had emailed in her sister is getting married and her and her three they have three sisters they give each other really memorable wedding speeches and she said my sister is a big new girl fan so is there any way 
you could make the wedding speech video. And as a bit, we had talked about it, you know, Kevin, the producer, we were like, you know, let's just do something and set it up. We'll get some information and then we'll do the, the Nick and the Brian from season seven bit. Right. And then we thought, you know, Lamorne Morris, who's one of a really good buddy. I said, it'd be really fun to have Lamorne on that episode. And I thought the way the call was going to go was she was going to set it up. We were going to do it. She was going to be so excited and then it was just going to be like a fun, feel-good moment for kind of all of us. Good and then content Le- for socials, all yeah, that and stuff. Yeah, and then Lamorne was going to be really funny, and then it was going to be over. And what happened was, was she didn't like our performance. Like, <laughs> fuck over off. Over and over not in, and But not in a mean way, again. in an honest well, she, way. Like, as a friend. Like, in just in real life, she's like, it's going to be at a church with some older people, and I just don't think I could... I, I, I'm not going to air that. So we go, okay... <laughs> But then we were put in a spot, and that is, do we say, all right, moving on, or do we do the premise of the show, and that is, we are here to help. So <laughs> now we were, <laughs> but it just became Legit, so how many fun. takes do you think we did? I would we say did between, eight. I was writing them down. We did eight takes, and it honestly <laughs> felt scripted, because it was like, we would like yes. hit one, and we'd be like, better, right? Hit, and she'd be like, yes. that's way better. They're but, not going to like yes. that. But, oh, God. All right. One more. And Lamorne wasn't helping because Lamorne was taking the ball and run, like He was just having fun. But what, yeah. the, what I loved about that call and what I truly love about doing the show is in my control freak head, which Garf knows I am a control freak, I could kind of guess where Gareth was going to go. I could kind of guess where I was going to go. I was going to be in host mode. You know, here we are. We're having a lot of fun. Gareth, go ahead. Lamorne, go ahead. And what a wonderful wedding. And I thought, like, I know how to get the 35 seconds. I know where Lamorne's going to be. He's going to be wild and ridiculous. She was such a wild card. And the reason the call is funny is because of her. I did a thing years ago where Max Greenfield and I were doing a morning uh, Fox affiliate. And it was in Tennessee. And I screw up. And I'm trying to make a shout out to uh, Nashville. And I say the wrong streets. And Max starts laughing at me and we kind of lose it. It was six in the morning. We had done so many of these and it was just, we did truly a shit job. Now we had done a lot of really bad press together because Max and I were together, we're idiots. The hosts mostly would get a little anal about it, take away the joy and get us out. All those clips have faded. This one woman had a great sense of humor and kept driving it, where rather than just blow it off, she would go, you're incorrect there. That is not Nashville, but this is Nashville. Then she would go, try again. And then with each script, she'd be like, these guys are great. Check out their show. And then I would do another thing. She'd go, again, that is also incorrect, but try again. I reached out to her on social media because the clip went viral. And I just wanted to say like, you know, you're the reason it works. I've I've screwed up so many times in press. They fade away. The reason this call works is her. <laughs> the fact that we would Gareth would go, what do you think? And she would go, it'd be a pause. Good. We'd be like, this, she cannot. <laughs> she, she's not going to say no again. And she'd be and like, the only me. thing. And we'd be like, oh my god. All right, one more. Let's go one more. And Come then on, she would go, Then she would go. No, no, no. It's it's good. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much. And we'd all yeah. be like. Oh. Be like, you lying? Like, well, one more thing. And she goes, I just, I just couldn't play that. And she's like, because of the chair. And she goes, I don't think that would work. But thank you, guys. And then you go, all right, hold on. No, 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 no. With, we're here. Without her, it's fine. It's just a bit. But with her, it's inc- I'm like, it's my. It was, I think, my favorite episode we've done, and just so fun. 
And so we're going to get video of the reaction soon <laughs> and use that for the show, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. another thing. Is yeah, the yeah, ability yeah. to be able to continue <laughs> the plot lines, like I would say 50% of the calls were like, let us know. Yes. Because we not only want to know for ourselves, but we're like, this could come back in the show very easily. This is one other thing I just want to say quickly. One of the other things that I really love about doing this, and it is kind of timed to the strike right now, it's so nice not having executives. And it's so nice not dealing with studios and networks and creative executives who go, you know, I don't think your show should be wedding speeches. That's more cameo. And we go, we, we think it's funny. And they go, yeah. So the premise of your show is we're here to help. That's what we love about it. And because we pay you, that's what you're sticking to. And then we go, yeah, but I think we're leaving meat on the bone. And the people we're talking to don't love our show as much as we do because they're doing 20 shows. And this is our passion. This is what we do because we love it. But we can't do it because of fucking you. You gave the note of no, and we have to listen, even though you're wrong. Gareth, I'm getting hot here. Slow me down. Keep going, I'm babe. Hot. Go, I'm babe. You're hot. Uh, Go, babe. But what's really lovely about this is we had an episode where on social media, a guy, I, we found out that there was somebody pretending to be me in a bar in Edinburgh. He was talking to people, their group was buying drinks. And I found out because a girl reached out to me and said, it was really nice meeting you in Edinburgh. You gave me such sweet advice. And then I said, well, that's impossible because I wasn't in Edinburgh. And she goes, yes, you were. I have a photo. And I said, let's see it. And she posted it. And it was a man who looks a lot like me. He just has a different style. He wears a different cap and he wears like a, a cross around his neck. But outside of that, we're pretty similar. I showed it to my wife and she goes, the eyes are the same. So I told Gareth a little bit. No, I didn't tell you about it. We surprised you. I told Kevin about it. Yep. Uh, I told Gareth, don't pay attention to social media because we like to mess with each other and surprise each other on air. Then we had those girls on and her friends who had partied with him. Then we found him and we had him on. Now, being able to do those two episodes were just a blast. I don't think we could do that if we had no a creative partner because that is not of the premise of the show. Now, Gareth saved it by saying, we're here to help. It works because it's meta. We're helping Jake figure out how to deal with this situation of having somebody acting like him. But because of that, it opened up our show. Now it could be new things. So the independence for me of podcasting is so exciting. It is addictive. When you play by the rules that they've set out for a long time oh. and you realize there's none in this world, oh, it, it really shocking. is. It's just totally different. And it also speaks to why that wedding call is so great because she was the network. Yes. She, <laughs> she went to fantasy camp and got to be the executive right. going... I don't enjoy that take because of our audience. And we're going, God damn it. We want to get picked up to series. Okay. Yes, well, and, we, right. and, and we went back to our natural role. And that yeah. is, we're yes. here to dance for yes. you. Yes. We're clowns. Yes. It's like you're begging. We're monkeys them. with the bells. We're just, yes. gonna just we're seals. Throw us fish. Yeah. We'll do yeah. all the claps. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Meredith. You can find Gareth and Jake's podcast, We're Here to Help, wherever you get your podcasts. Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Jesse Remedios and Scott Hellman. Ned Porter does our audio mixing, sound design, and mastering. Maddie Mortel does our audience engagement. Love Letters illustrations by Ali Riza. Our marketing coordinator is Maggie Taylor. Special thanks to Linda Henry. Our music is from APM. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're online at loveletters.show. 
the Instagram ads have started recommending me like hair product stuff, yeah. but there was, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. one specifically that's like, I got on these pills and now I'm shining. So me and my buddy text each other every time we have a good hair day. We're like, I'm shining. <laughs> and I think you're shining, Jake. I think you're shining. You're shining, Jesse. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening.